welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by David Entry. When you catch a word, you have caught God. May you catch a word today that will cause God to change your story. Be blessed. Second Peter chapter 3, reading from verse 11 to the end. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. And count that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. The word of God is so sweet, isn't it? Um, the verse 11, which I read, that seeing all these things shall be dissolved. In other words, um, when you know there's going to be tube strike tomorrow, you make preparations towards work. And if you go by tube. So when you know what is about to happen, it helps you to adjust in preparation towards what is about to happen. There are a lot of believers who believe that Jesus is coming, but they don't behave like they believe it. When you genuinely believe in the second coming of Christ, it influences your attitude towards your husband. It influences your attitude towards your wife. And it influences your attitude towards your job. And every, every aspect of life. Because of what you are expecting, it affects the way you treat life. Now, here he says that seeing that everything will be dissolved. Everything. I mean, you are investing in a company that is about to go into liquidation. I mean, won't you be careful the way you invest? I mean, you, it, that's, maybe that's your only chance to invest, but obviously this company in the next year is going to go bust. And so it makes you are careful how you invest. It's a, seeing that everything you are investing in, in physical life, in material world, is going to be dissolved. What manner of investor are you supposed to be? What, what manner of persons you ought, is this an ought to, you are supposed to because of what you are aware of. 
What manner of persons ought ye to be in holy conversation, that holy behavior? When it comes to godliness, some people don't prioritize godliness. Godliness is not a priority to you, so it shows in everything that you embark on. When you're embarking on buying a house, when you're embarking on your career, in, on celebrating your birthday, when you're embarking on doing anything, the Bible says that what manner of persons do you ought to be in all holy conversation, behavior, holy behavior, and godliness? So then godliness takes a front role in your life because of what you are aware of. You see, you see the, the implication? When you are not aware of that, there are a lot of believers who just, just, just live. But there are, there, there are quite a few, many believers in our days particularly, and there's no difference between them and non-believers when it comes to approach life. No, the only thing is they are religious. I go to church, and you don't go to church, but no problem. It's whatever you do with your life, it's up to me to I choose to go to church. And since my child, when I was a boy, my, my mom always took me to church. So I do church. You don't do church. But that's, that's the, diff, the major difference between you and an unbeliever. You do church. They don't do church. No, you are not living a proper Christian life. If what makes you different from an unbeliever is church, you are not a proper believer. What, 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 what kind of person ought you to be in all holy conversation and, go, and godliness? Seeing that these things will be dissolved. Someone is trying to take advantage. Someone wants to marry the guy you want to marry. Seeing that all these things will be dissolved. <laughs> Including marriages. Including marriages. Because you want to grab him now, you are compromising on godliness and holy conversation. So sometimes people will push you to resort to your old schemes. But sometimes, when you are being pushed, this, this girl, she doesn't know what I can do. This girl, she doesn't really, when you are being pushed, remember, seeing that all things, these things will be dissolved. All these things, what manner of persons? Sometimes you just leave it, you just leave it. You just leave it. What manner of persons ought ye to be? You know, all holy conversation and, and godliness. Wherefore, Beloved, seeing that ye look for such things. See, you must have a vision. So long as heaven and God is concerned. You, you look for some things so long as God is concerned. Seeing that ye look, you look for such things. Be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace. In other words, seeing that you are, because of what you are looking for, there is also a responsibility you put on yourself, you, you take upon yourself, you are being diligent so that you'll be found in him, of him in peace. When he comes and finds you, he says, oh, yeah, yeah, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. You know, sometimes when you are driving, those of you who drive in London, and you are driving somewhere, and you suddenly you see there's police behind you, not with siren, but they're also driving behind you. Some of you immediately want to park. Yes, you are going straight, but you take a left because there's a police. And what is not good is when they also take a left. <laughs> but you know, years ago, I, I was, I was, uh, I was driving, 
You know, life is in stages. There are times that you get to a time where you are not even, those days you could, uh, because it's not centralized, your MOT, you can do it a month later or so. You know what I mean, yeah. But you know, but, uh, because the money was not there to do it, the 60 pounds, to do it immediately because when you try to do it, they said something is broken and they have to fix it. So you are driving knowing that you haven't done your MOT those days, you know. And then you see sometimes they are stopping cars. Oh my goodness. Today I fall into the hands of the enemy. But when you have now, fine, you are not using um, provisional license. <laughs> now you've passed, you have your full driver's license. You have your full driver's license, MOT is fine, the tires are fresh. When you see them, they are stopping, you say, oh, you don't mind. Because you know you'll be fond of them in peace. <laughs> Sometimes you stop and ask them, is everything okay? <laughs> so, so that's what he's saying. The verse 14 says that, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, you have to be diligent so that you, you'll be found of him in peace. When they are stopping the cars, they'll find you in peace. When Christ shows up, you're found in peace. Without spot or blameless, you are, you are fine. You're fine. If God should visit right now to come and reward, what condition is, going, is he going to find you? We found, you have to be diligent because you are seeing some things coming. You know, seeing that you, you look for such things, it must influence our behavior and our attitude towards God. You are struggling to forgive. forgive. You are struggling too much to forgive. You are struggling too much. You have to be diligent. Diligence means that adding effort. I don't understand the people who think you can live your Christian life without effort. No, it's, 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 it's work. You have to put in an effort. You want effective prayer, prayer life and still retain enough sleeping life. No, you, you, have to, you have to, something must give. Life, life is like that. Something must always give. You want to be very spiritual and fasting, but you, you, know, you love your food too. Something must give. I think you should tell someone, something must give. Something must give. Diligence means that you are sacrificing or foregoing something that you would hitherto stay with just for the, the sake of something important. So no one... In education, you can't go higher if you are not diligent. Anyone who is highly educated will tell you it requires a certain level of diligence. The reason why certain people don't have certain qualification is because even if they had the money and the opportunity to study, the diligence is not there. Some things require diligence in the same way, in the same way when it comes to our work with God. Diligence is required. Some of us, our problem is you are too soft on yourself. And some of us, too, you are too hard on yourself. But you are too soft on yourself. That's why every, you lack discipline so much. Every food you eat. <laughs> Bible says that when you sit down with a king to eat, 
Put a knife to your throat if you are giving to food. Yeah, in Proverbs. Yeah. If you have a high appetite, you must know where you don't take it. Yeah. If you are a man giving to appetite, he said, put a knife to your throat. Doesn't mean catch your throat. But, but restrict, restrict yourself because of your future and your opportunities. So he said, we should be diligent. I'm just talking about the need for diligence. Every one of us has an area in your life you have to discipline yourself on. Every one of us. It's called humanity. When, if you're a human being, you never get to a place where you don't need Sometimes the way you talk. Sometimes what you are not supposed to say. You know, sometimes that mm, it comes out. Then it comes out. Different, different. Sometimes the time, how long you are sleeping. Yeah. So it's not only in the area, areas of sexual desires. Even though that one too is a very serious one. It's a major one. It has caused a lot of people problems. That's why it's always good to just get married and stay married. Diligence. A lot of People who don't do well in life, much of it has to do with lack of diligence. Generally, it cuts across every, in ministry, in industry, in academia, diligence, diligence. So here he says that we should also, he tells us that we should give diligence, diligence. He said we should be diligent that we be found. So the diligence here, the objective is that he'll be found of him. So I'm putting things in place in such a way that Christ will find me. When he finds me, I'll be found of him in peace. Somebody say amen. Amen. And accounting that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, I explained this in the previous teaching, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you, us, so it says Paul has written to us, us also, in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things. Now, this is very important. I think in our previous teaching, that's why I spoke a lot about. He says that in all his epistles, he spoke in them, in the epistles of these things. So that's why I took my time to explain what are the these things. These things are the things Peter has been speaking from, uh, speaking of from chapter 1 of First Peter. All through, we are now getting to the end of his, his letter, two letters, eight chapters in all. And in all these eight chapters, as I said in the, uh, previously, he has captured the core of God's purpose from eternity past to eternity future. So Peter covers before the world began. Can you imagine? In his short teaching, he touched on subjects of before the world began. So he says that the, the Lamb of God was slain from the foundation of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. He was slain from the foundation of the world. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. How God, according to the foreknowledge of God. So he spoke about the foreknowledge. Knowledge before. Before everything came to pass or came into existence. God had a plan. God had a knowledge. And then the Lamb of God was slain at the foundation of the world. So Peter went before Adam, started teaching us before Adam, and then comes all the way. Now he's talking about when everything is done and Jesus, uh, the whole world will be dissolved. And he says that we are looking forward to a new heaven. Sorry, he didn't say a new heaven. He said new heavens and new earth. 
verse 13 or so. We are looking forward to new heaven, according to the promise that where new heavens and a new earth. New heavens and a new earth. We, we are looking for. So now he's talking about eternity future. So Peter has covered so much, and within this, he has covered how God chose us. He planned your salvation. Your salvation is not an accident. No, 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 no. It's not an afterthought. And it's not an accident. It was, it's, it's a plan. It's a plan of God. And he says that God planned it. And then Christ came to die. Who has already, his blood has been shed before the foundation of the earth, came in time, came to manifest it, and saved us. God chose us. God called us, made us holy people, a holy nation, building us into a holy a spiritual house, a, a, a house of priesthood. He, he has, he has, he has, we has made us like living stones. He's telling us what we are now by the instrumentation of the resurrection and the death of Christ, how he has purged our sins, how he has sanctified us, how he has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness that will be partakers of the divine nature. He's saying all these things and now we are being disciplined. We are being, in fact, in First Peter chapter 5 verse 10, talks about how God will establish us. God will perfect you. He will establish you. He will strengthen you. He will ground you. Hallelujah. Four things that he will do for us. After that, you have suffered a while. He will make you perfect. He will establish you. He will strengthen you and he will settle you. Now, that's what is happening. God is perfecting you. God is establishing you. God is, is strengthening you and God is, is settling you. I see God settling somebody in the name of Jesus. And so we are, we are going through a process and Peter said, this is I'm talking about. Paul didn't talk about it differently. Paul spoke about these things too. And Paul took it further and in his epistles, he said hard things that are hard. He says that speaking in them of these things in which there are some things hard to understand. The fact that you can read the Bible and understand English doesn't mean you can understand everything. And the problem is that that is why there are so many all kinds of variations of Christianity. And some of the variations are not Christianity. Some of the variations are not Christianity. Why? Because it's like you can take the text and take it out of context. But the problem is even not so much the out of contextness of the text, which someone may take, but the twisting. Twisting. When you twist it, it's out of context. But sometimes you can take it out of context and not even twist it. But it says that they twist it to their own distraction. The word of God is supposed to give life. The word of God is supposed to bless us. But if it's not handled rightfully, it can bring distraction. He said hard things in his epistles. Peter, Peter was saying that Paul said some things that are hard to understand. All right, let, let me digress and say this. When you see a Christian who said me, it's just me and God and no one teaches me. The Holy Spirit teaches me. It's a sign that demons are deceiving them. When... When the Holy Spirit teaches you, he always teaches you through the instrument of uh, instrumentation of other vessels, other human beings. It's so important. I was teaching somewhere yesterday and I was telling them that a man was fasting. Some people say, me, I'm just going to fast and seek the face of God. I don't need anybody. I'm fasting and seek. This man, he was fasting and he was sowing seeds and giving. He was fasting, Cornelius. And an angel. His fasting move an angel to come from heaven. Can you imagine? Oh, may your fasting move heaven. 
I know some people don't fast, so they didn't say amen. <laughs> Cornelius fasting moved a whole angel from heaven. Wow. He was dislodged. Wow. Redeployed to come That's to right. Cornelius. Wow. Fasting. He has been fasting and giving alms. He has been fasting and giving alms. Angel says, your prayers and your alms giving have come before for a, God for a memorial. Acts chapter 10. That's nice. The angel appeared. Yay, my fasting is working. Yay. Then he says that. Their prayers and their arms have come before God for a memorial. So what? Look at the next verse. And now send to Joppa. Uh, it's called Simon. Who's sending Peter? And then what? I should send for Peter. He's lodging there. And what? He shall tell thee what you ought to do. Ah. So you came to tell me to go and call someone and come and tell me something. <laughs> ah. Is that why you came all the way from heaven? Just to come and tell me, go and call this one to come and tell you something. Well, say it then. You came to tell me to send for someone to come and tell me something as you know. Don't you tell me? I mean, you are an angel. You, can, you, you came straight from the presence of God. You are an angel. You can tell me. You, you can tell me. You can tell me. He said, what I'm coming to tell you is go for someone to come and tell you. That's why a whole angel moved from heaven to come and tell you. You see, someone, you are receiving an email from heaven that girl, get hold of a pastor. You are fasting, but now where, where your situation has got into, you need a vessel, a vessel of God, a man of God. A man of God, he said, do you understand what that read? How can I accept someone? How can I ask chapter 8 from verse 30? He said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I understand? Accept someone teaches me, explain these things to me. Send for Peter. And when Peter came, that was, was so beautiful. His Bible says, Whilst he was speaking, Acts 10, 44. Whilst Peter yet spake, the Holy Spirit said, I've been waiting to come upon these people, but I just wanted a vessel to speak. Angel spoke, it didn't work. Peter spoke, the Holy Ghost worked. So what I'm trying to say is that when it comes to teachings in Scripture, do not be mistaken to say that I will do my own research. When you do your unilateral research, it can land you in a place that you will be with your, beyond recovery. Are you trying to say I just to follow? No, 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 no. Yes, you should follow, yes. <laughs> but follow with your eyes open to the scriptures. Because that, you think, ah, all right. You think what I'm teaching is because I just, just stayed and read my Bible. Yes, I did, but that's not all. I've read from other seniors too. Other, 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 others who have the spirit of God in them, who have shed more light. So most of the things I'm saying is, is not my, my exclusive discovery. No, it's, it's combinations of people who I've, I've also read from, I also listen to. Your academic submission is bogus if you de- it doesn't have bibliography or it has it's no, no references. Yes, 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 yes. Bogus submission, we will yes, not take yes, it to yes, anywhere. Yes. There must be references. References so then your spiritual growth is that at the mercy of your re- spiritual references. This is this is how it works. So Peter said, Paul wrote these things in which 
he said things that are hard, some, of, some things that are hard to understand, which those who are not well taught, those who are unlearned, they are not taught. You know, there are times that people think they have the, the right because they are educated. They can just pass comments yeah. on spirituality and Christianity yeah. and the Bible because I know, I know, I know, I know. And those who I find funny is those who have been in church a very long time. Come on, come on. That's why I was born in church, you know. My mom used to take me to church. That's Sunday school stories. You think that's Bible story? Bible studies? You, you know about Jonah in the belly of the, of the whale. And that makes you think you know Christianity. Oh, no. That is a very shameful submission. Don't even say it anywhere. That's for children. The children's story. It's like Tom and Jerry, you know. You know, Tom and Jerry, oh, uh, the other one, Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty, uh, and because of that, I said, I'm very, I'm very well vexed in education. <laughs> but sad to say, I've met people who are doing outreach, and they'll tell you, I grew up in church, I've been in church, I was even in mission school, and uh, I've tasted Christianity, I've tried Islam. I've tried. See, as soon as you... You, you compare Islam to Christianity, that means you never, you never tasted the Christianity we are talking about. As soon as you compare it to other things, you didn't, no, no, no. So, when people think they know, when they have not been taught, it's quite sad. And they always tend to twist the scriptures to their own distraction. He said, Paul wrote some things that are hard to understand. Never forget this. There are things in the Bible that are hard to understand. That's why every one of us must give ourselves to teachings. Teachings, and I'm talking about wholesome teachings, sound teachings. How do you know a teaching is sound? The teaching that after you hear, you hear it, you feel drawn towards God. You feel there's the need for you to conduct yourself in all holy conversation and godliness. That teaching that is not just intellectual, but it feeds your spirit. Father to son. Spirit to spirit. The, the, the word goes straight into your spirit. Those are teaching that is only telling you nice things, is in, uh, educating you or informing you, might not necessarily help your spiritual journey. Because the spiritual journey is real spirituality. It's a spiritual thing. So then... We all have to constantly give ourselves to teachings. There are some people, when you hear them, you hear them, you hear them, you realize that your last has not gone down. It's increasing. It's a sign. You've been listening to this preacher every time you're listening, but it's not helping. It's just you get ideas and you become actually more argumentative. You become proud and you are listening to preachers, but it's not showing in your life. Maybe you have to change preachers. There are some people, when you listen to them, the thing catches you. Yeah. It catches you. It holds on to you. You are not free. When you finish listening to them, there's this sweet conviction towards God. There, or there's this sweet hunger that stares. Hunger, appetite for more of God. And if I were you, I'll be exposing myself to more of such kind of riches yes. because none of us is comprehensively okay. So every time you need a top-up, 
every time. I give myself to preachings that make me want to study the word of God. I give myself to preachings that feed me. I give my word to preachings that convict me. I give my word to preachings that make me want to pray. It's important. Now, so the teachings that you must be exposed to, which is sound, will also, as much as it is teaching you and feeding you mentally or intellectually, spiritually, it is also strengthening you. So it's not just one-sided where you are just book, 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 or I know, I know, I know, I know. But on the other side, you are also growing. You can see God is being formed. Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. My little children, of whom I travail until Christ is formed in you. That's the objective of God, to form Christ in you. Christ is being formed in you. Christ is being formed. He's not just coming to church and taking a box, No. It is Christ being formed in you. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Peter said, Paul wrote hard things. Some of them had people distract. Now, let me finish this test by going to the next verse because I've just been waiting to get to this, this place. The second Peter chapter 3. It says that, let me pick it again from verse 16. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things are to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved. Wow. Verse 14 said, Wherefore, beloved. Verse 17 Ye therefore, beloved. Verse 15, it says that our beloved Paul. Do you see that beloved, beloved, beloved? This is for love people, people who love one another and love the Lord. He says that ye therefore, beloved, seeing, you, you notice that we soak our seeing, this thing shall be dissolved. So in other words, we, you are being taught to bear in mind these things that will influence your actions. Now, because if you remember, it says that seeing these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be? What manner of persons ought you to be? Seeing this thing. Now he says that, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, so that some things are about to happen, but you have advanced knowledge. You know that one day everything will be dissolved. You know that God is going to come. Beware, lest there's no warning. But now that you know this, this is very interesting. He said you know it, but you have to be careful. You know it. Sometimes, um, the banks nowadays, they tend to send emails every now and then to warn you. Uh, when you want to make some transfer, they have to check uh, who has asked you to send this and uh, all that. Sometimes when you are in a hurry, these questions are too unnecessary. But sometimes it's important. If it, see, sometimes you know that there are scammers, but you think that's for me, they won't come near me. You might know that there are, there are some dangers in town, but you feel like it's not. He says that knowing these things, Verse 17 said, Knowing, seeing, you know these things. Beware. Someone say, Beware. beware. Say it again, please. Beware. Lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own stability. God will strengthen you, establish you, settle you. He said, Beware, lest you fall from your own steadfastness. Wow. Beware. You know it, but it still can happen to you. You know there's danger in town, but it still can happen to you. So now that you know, you have to be aware. In other words, watch out. You have to be alert. Yeah. Be on guard. 
Be on guard when it comes to the things you entertain. Be on guard when it comes to the places you go. Be on guard when it comes to the conversations you engage yourself in. Be on guard when it comes to the things you allow. Be on guard when it comes to the things you pursue. Be on guard. Because even though you know it's coming, if you are not careful, you will also be led away. Now, that word, led away, is the same thing that happened in Galatians chapter 2, verse 13. When Peter, when he saw the Jews, he played the hypocrisy. Yeah. So, so much so that Barnabas was even carried away. Did you see that? That carried away. Barnabas wouldn't have done that. But he wasn't on his guard. So when Peter played the hypocrisy, before he could say Jack, he also started behaving like that. Then before, Paul had to realize and rebuke all of them. What are you guys doing? And Barnabas, I'm sure later Barnabas was thinking, oh my God, how how come I I ended up doing this? How could I have done that? Because he was carried away. And he said, beware, lest what you never intended to do, you end up doing. What you have made up your mind, this as for me, I can't do this. No, beware. Beware. You must always be alert. So he's ending the text after teaching us all these things. These things. He's closing the the whole letter by two things. Number one, he says that, my beloved, my beloved, therefore, watch out. Beware. Everybody say beware. Beware. Say it again. Beware. Beware. Sometimes you tell people that be careful what you are doing during your courtship. You know when you are dating... When you are dating, you think it's, everything will be like this. <laughs> Even though you know things can happen, you know, but you feel like it won't happen. It won't happen. And you, are, you and the, uh, the lady or the gentleman are lying to people and doing all kinds of things. And you say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So you see, when you are not careful, you might think that you, are, you will still escape. You might think we still escape and still do it anyway. Others have done it. Didn't, we didn't hurt anybody. Really? But beware, 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 beware. Because yeah. sometimes when everything looks okay, that's where we begin to lose our guard. Yeah. Beware. beware. When everything looks okay. But it says that beware lest you also be carried away. Yeah. Others have been carried away. That's what he's trying to suppose. It, watch this. He said beware. Seeing that you know these things, beware. Lest ye also. See that word also means yeah. others have. You too, you too can be carried away. Me too can be carried away. Anybody can be carried away. Who can be carried away? The one who is not beware. If you don't beware, nice English, isn't it? If you don't beware, you'll be carried away and you'll be found wanting on that day. On the day of honor, day of glorification, day of promotion, day of elevation, day of reckoning, day of award. Rewards, you will be found wanting because you were not beware. Beware. So two things. Said in, in spite of all that I've said, or based on all that I've said, I'm now about to end by telling you, beware. Then, not only beware, I like the verse 18, the last verse of this glorious chapter, glorious book. Beware. Beware. But grow in grace. Hallelujah. Grow in grace. Someone lift your right and say, I'll grow in grace. I'll grow in grace. Say it louder. Say, I'll grow in grace. I'll grow in grace. Say, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
two things we are supposed to grow in. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, it says, As newborn babies, desire the sincere milk of the well, that you may grow thereby growth, 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 growth. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, talks about we will grow. By speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. We will grow up into him. Growth is a necessary aspect of life. There can't be growth when there is no life. So growth is an expression of life. He said grow. Two things you should grow in. Grow in grace. Grace is the supply, abundant supply of God himself to us. He said grow in it. Growing. God is supplying himself, lavishing himself into you. That's grace. Grace be with you. Uh, grow in grace. Grow in grace. When we look at you, we can tell that God is increasing in your life. God is, your attitude towards life, your outlook towards life, your attitude towards situations, your, your approach to things, how things are working, you, we can tell that you are growing in grace. You know what is so beautiful is when people are growing in grace and you live with them. It becomes easier and easier you live with them. You realize, my wife is a different person. In the past, I couldn't have gotten away with this. But look at this. My husband is a wonderful person. I couldn't have gotten away with this. And sometimes you know what you did was wrong, but your wife just looks at you and smiles. It's okay. Wow. Wow. That's a person who is growing in grace. Or your husband looks at you. Some husbands are very mean, but... Your husband is growing in grace. This mean person is meaner than his dad, but now you can tell. He's nicer than his dad. Growing in grace. Growing in grace. Some of us, when people hurt you, you don't let go. You are in the choir, but this girl, you have determined, this girl, never. Never. This guy, never. 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 When you grow in grace, you don't stick to that never. You never stick to it. Don't stick to it. There have been times I have vowed as a leader that this person, because of this behavior, I will never give me a chance again. Never, never, never. It's human to say never, but it's graceful to give up your never. Ah. When you grow in grace, sometimes you just ignore some things. It makes you look like you are weak, but it doesn't matter. It's not that you are weak. You are just growing in grace. You are growing in grace. You give people opportunities again. You, you ignore people's mistakes when you know they have repented. You let, even some who have not even repented, you deal with them with mercy. You are compassionate when you are dealing with people's faults. Some of us, when it comes to the fault of others, we say, such a man must die. And, and, yeah, and Nathan said, David, you are the man. David, you are the one. You are the one. But the more you are growing in grace, the more it is, the easier it is for people to tell you where they've gone wrong. And they know with you there is mercy. Yes. They are willing to fall into your hands because your children know that mommy, even if I tell mommy, she'll be very disappointed, but my mommy will not take it out of context. Mm. Grow in grace. Grow in grace. Grow in grace. Yes. Beware and grow in grace.
grace. Beware and grow in grace, not only in grace, but in the knowledge. Thank you, Lord. You have to know. That's why you have to give yourself to teaching. You have to know. The knowledge there is talking about the truth. The truth or the realities of the things of God. The realities, the truth, the truth, the core truth about the things of God. One of the things, Pastor, one of the things we learned recently, which I believe has blessed me, but has blessed a lot of people. Pastors have been calling me and telling me, I listened to the message, he blessed me, that message on honor. This is, this is some of the, the realities of life. If yeah. you don't know these things, you'll be hurt in life. Yeah. You can't just say, I'm growing in grace. You also have to grow in knowledge. Yes, sir. In John chapter 1, it talks about grace and truth. Grace and truth. They are, they, they, they are twins. They walk hand in hand. They work hand in hand. Grace and truth. Grace and truth. Verse 17. And the law was given by me, but grace and truth came by Jesus. Grace and truth. Grow in grace and truth. Amen. Grow in grace and listen, you are not growing if you are not growing in grace and truth. If you are not growing in grace, when you have a lot of vitamin C and you are lacking vitamin D, there's a problem. If you have a lot of proteins and no carbohydrates, problem. There must be a balance. It must, it, your system must be balanced. Your system must, do you know your ear, your tympanic membrane in your ears? Yeah, there's something in your ears called tympanic membrane. If it gets popped or if it's affected, you lose your equilibrium. You'll be walking like this. You, you lose your, so as much as, much as it's so tiny and it seems so simple, your entire balance can be compromised once that thing is affected. Yeah. And you can't be growing only in one area. Some of you, you are growing in your career by spiritually kaput. Some of us too spiritually you are growing, but your social life is so bad or your professional life is so bad. No, but for two years, you don't have a job. But you have prayer topics. <laughs> Yeah, grow in grace. Grow in grace. So Peter said all these things that encapsulates the eternal program of God from eternity past to eternity future, talking about how God has chosen us. He came to on earth. He has appointed us. He died for us. The Holy Spirit has empowered all that and how he's preparing us for the times to come. And he actually touched on these four aspects I mentioned from the perspective of God how God has chosen us from the perspective of the believer, how we are the chosen of God, how we are the redeemed of Christ, how we are the holy priesthood uh, from on. Then it's talk about that. It's also touched from the perspective of Satan, that Satan is looking for the believers to, have, to attack. It's your adversary, the enemy. So he didn't go silent on Satan, but not just that. God... The believers, Satan, and the universe. He spoke about the universe, how the universe was formed and how everything will be dissolved. And he spoke about how the angels who disobeyed God were brought into punishment, how God judged the days of Noah, how God judged in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. And God is still a God of judge. He judges the earth. He judges humanity. He has a program of judgment. Peter touched 
on all these things. And he says that in the last days, he's about to judge again. So he touched on almost everything you can think about your relationship with God. And he said, now knowing all these things, then beware and grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To whom? To whom? To whom? Hallelujah! To him be glory! To him be glory! To him be glory! Someone shout glory! To Jesus be glory. Now, interesting, let me, can I, can I pick on that a bit? To Jesus be glory. It's interesting that he says that to him be glory both now and forevermore. Now, that same, he was ascribing to Jesus, uh, he said, um, the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus. That he said to him. So he's talking about our Lord and Savior. And when you read Romans chapter, chapter 11, verse 36, that same to him. And you can tell it's ascribing to God, to him. For of him, through him, to him are all things. By whom be glory forever. Glory forever. This is talking about God. And now Romans chapter, 20, uh, chapter 16, verse 27, it's also pointing to God. This glory forever thing is for God. To God. Did you see that? Let's all read it aloud. Let's go. Some people didn't read it. Can we read it again? In fact, this is even a nice way to end a service. Benediction. This, this is a good one. This, is, this doxology is good. This doxology. Let's, let's say it loud. Let's go. To Can I hear the ladies read it, please? Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Amen. Now, this God be the glory is ascribing to God. But in 2 Peter, look at it again. Chapter 3, verse 18. To him, you see, to him be glory. But now, this forever glory, amen, is meant to go to God. But here, he said to Christ. So what he's trying to say is Christ is God. There's no difference between Christ and God. Christ is God. Whatever goes to God, goes to Christ. Glory to Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to the Messiah. Shout hallelujah. To God only wise. Now I say to him, be glory. This forever glory is to God. But he's ascribing the praise that is meant for God, for Christ. Why? Because Christ is God. To him be all glory. To Christ be all the glory. To Christ be all the glory. To Christ be all the glory. He said unto the king eternal, immortal, the only wise God. Jesus is the wise God. Shout hallelujah. Unto, the, unto him be glory. Unto him. Your Christianity is not complete if it doesn't bring glory to God. All that we are doing, 
this church thing, this testimony thing, this praise and worship, this preaching thing, the, the core, the, the, the summary of it is when everything is done, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, and now unto him, unto him, that's how that, he said, I'm finished, unto him, unto him. Who is able to do a sitting above all, all the things we are talking about? The test, yeah. Unto him, then verse 21, be glory in the church. Yes. Come on. Unto him, be glory in the church. This church thing is about glorifying Jesus. This church thing, if you are a Christian and your life is not bringing Christ glory, please, please, you have to repent. You have to repent. Check, check yourself and repent. Because the, the essence of this church thing is to bring glory. To Jesus, unto Him be the glory in the church throughout all generations. Can you imagine in the church through Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end? Amen. Amen. Unto Him be the glory. Unto Him be the glory. Unto Him be the glory. And somebody give Jesus praise. Give Jesus glory. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. When God speaks, works show and the works will surely show in your life. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.